African savannah on safari, looking for... Mike, is that a lion stalking us? I think it's something much scarier. It's a search term report, and someone has keywords with 150% ACOS. Oh no, they never added any negative keywords. Oh, and it looks like all their bids are just $3. No bid optimization? We're in trouble. We need to do something about this giant ACOS, but I don't know if we can do it alone. Oh no, it's the Ad Badger. Should we run? No, no, no. The Ad Badger can save us. He'll rip that high ACOS to shreds with bid optimization and negative keywords. What's going on, Badger Nation? It's Mike and Brett from Ad Badger, and you're listening to the PPC Den Podcast, the world's first Amazon PPC advertising podcast, and your source for all of the tips, tricks, and optimization strategies you need to get the most from your Amazon ads. What's going on out there, Badger Nation? It is Mike here from Ad Badger. Last episode, I was just me near the campfire. Today, I'm joined by my one and only co-host, Brett. Brett, how are you doing? How is Austin in the springtime? It's crazy. There are these wildflowers popping up everywhere. Uh, so I don't know if we just have like a crazy bee population or if people are sprinkling uh, flower seeds all over the roads, but these flowers are everywhere. Brett, this is your first springtime in Austin. Am I correct? Absolutely. Yep. Yes, it's blue blue bonnet season. I think there's another flower, Indian paintbrush, I think. So many different kinds of wildflowers. I, I've heard that it's like part of the Texas state tourism budget to go and actually drive around and throw wildflower seeds out of a car on the highways. <laughs> this is real. I don't know. If, I don't know. I Actually, this is I don't know. Maybe it's real. Maybe it's not. Okay. You'll have to tell me. I was confused because I was driving to the dog park the other day and uh, on the side of the road, it was, what did you say? Blue bonnets? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So that's good to know. Uh, there were blue bonnets and then beside them, there were like pink flowers and then orange and red from out of nowhere. I'm like, okay, this mm-hmm. doesn't normally happen. So <laughs> something's if going it, on. If anyone wants a good laugh, there's an Austin subreddit where, so like you're supposed to like bring your dog and bring your children to go take pictures, springtime pictures near the blue bonnets. So like <laughs> people on this subreddit were bringing like, styrofoam whataburger milkshake uh cups and like putting it down taking a picture or like i saw someone brought brought like a lizard and someone else brought um a roomba to take a picture in the blue bonnets so uh, it's it's springtime in austin and um other exciting news too this is company updates at badgers of course we're always hiring you can go to adbadger.com slash careers check out what we got over there all sorts of things developers marketers social media people you name it we might be looking for it so check that out and we're also leaving beta you know we've come all this way we're still in beta brett Yep. June 3rd. Uh, Can't wait for that date. That's going to be a big one. Uh, And we have a whole bunch of stuff being released in that. Are we just, you want to surprise everyone or should we just uh, keep it top secret? Let's let's have them check us out on social. You know, we're trying to publish every so often a little little update, date countdown towards what we got rolling out in our 1.0 release. And, you know, every once in a while, it's mostly just pictures of badgers, but every once in a while we'll share a feature that we're going to be including 
in our 1.0 release, which is really exciting. Other exciting things, this episode, episode 19, can you believe it? We are almost one-fifth of 100 episodes. I, this is Episode 19 is not a milestone. Actually, is it? Is every, every episode could be a milestone. You remember when it's like your birthday and whatever age you are, that's like the most important number? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So for 19-year-olds out there, it's a big one. <laughs> Man, do we have any 19-year-old Amazon company, Amazon marketers? Hit us up. We'd like to talk to you on the show. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, this episode, Amazon PPC advertising, the roadmap, the guideposts, the what you should be looking for depending on where you are when you are getting started at all stages of your life cycle uh, for an Amazon business, as an Amazon business owner, as an Amazon marketer, um, whatever you label yourself as. We're going to talk about some checkpoints that you should look for along the way. Let's jump right into it. First section, when to start PPC advertising on Amazon. Brett, I have a question for you. Would you say that there's a minimum number of reviews, and, and this is twofold, minimum number of reviews for a established brand on Amazon, as well as minimum number of reviews for a completely new brand with a new product? Sure. So a uh, completely new brand, new product, I usually advise at least five reviews or so before kicking on PPC. Um, there are some caveats there for sure. So if you have five reviews and uh, each of those is three stars, then it may not be a good idea to kick on PPC just yet until you get those improved. Um, because you know, if you have five reviews, uh, all of them are three stars, you'd need another five reviews and all of those being five stars to get 10 reviews and be at four stars. So uh, my personal little uh, like internal guide uh, my internal guide map says that like anything with under three and a half stars, uh, I, I personally would try to fix up the reviews first. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that, Mike? You know, it, it's sometimes when I get asked this question, and I always answer these probably and I, and I annoy people, but it's always like the minimum number is one that keeps on moving, keeps on getting better and better. So like the number of reviews that you would look for, it's like, would you 10 is better than five, 15 is better than 10, 20 is better than 15. But of course, you know, what is the basement minimum? Yeah, five's a good one. 10 is better. Um, it's a sort of ch chicken or the egg type thing because paid ads can help you get more sales, which in turn can help you get more reviews. Um, so there's a couple different factors like your A cost sensitivity. Um, you know, when you first get started with a brand new brand with a brand new product, your conversion rate is probably going to be the lowest that it will ever be. Therefore, you should probably expect the highest A cost you may ever have. And then over time, you can get that down and you can optimize it. But it's, it's really the first step is to build momentum. And it's very difficult to build momentum with a brand new product, brand new brand with zero reviews, one review, two reviews, with bad reviews. Uh, it's much easier to build momentum. You've got at least five, maybe seven, and they're good reviews and they're relevant reviews and all those good things. So yeah, that, that's, I think, a good minimum. Now, on the flip side of this, if you are an established brand and people already can sort of recognize you and recognize your products and then you launch a new product, 
um, you know, there are a lot of larger, more established brands that start their PPC ads on new products right from day one. In fact, that's part of their launch strategy. They'll have a high ACOST target um, for a particular new product in that new campaign. And, you know, they view PPC as a way to juice it. They realize they're going to have a higher ACOS. So it's all about sort of who the company is, who the brand is. Uh, so I think those are the factors that, that weigh in on minimum number of reviews. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think if you're a bigger, more established brand and you have money to spend on a launch, uh, then you could probably get started right away without any reviews. But uh, just you know, keep an eye on that conversion rate. Uh, definitely can be affected uh, at low reviews, as you already know. And statistically, you need to get to 15 reviews to be looked at, uh, for your listing to be looked at, uh, the same way the average Amazon customer would look at other related listings. So uh, it's really a sprint to get to 15 as fast as possible. Um, but if you're established, you can go ahead and probably launch them right out of the gate. That's right. Uh, Brett, I have another question with you. You know, uh, This is more a question on the you know, not so established brand, maybe a company that's a little bit newer on Amazon, um, inventory levels. You know, we hear a lot about people launching campaigns and then it catches fire. You know, they're, they're doing quite well. They run out of inventory, then they need to like turn everything off. Amazon sort of doesn't like that. You have any comments on inventory levels, uh, to start PPC campaigns on Amazon? Yeah, I, th I think they're pretty important. Um, in the future, I think uh, we'll maybe even have an episode about the best strategies for PPC when you're about to run out of inventory, because uh, a lot of people ask that. Uh, but for now, just a few quick thoughts on inventory levels um, when it relates to starting PPC campaigns. Um, pretty much most shipments will go into California and eventually uh, land in a fulfillment center there. Um, so th at that point, that's when many people like to start their PPC, but I personally would suggest waiting. Uh, the reasoning behind that is that Amazon will most likely uh, still be distributing your inventory to many different fulfillment centers all around the country. Uh, so it's a good idea to give them a little bit of additional time to spread your inventory around because if you don't, your inventory could, uh, not always, but it could become unavailable while Amazon is relocating it, uh, which would bring your PPC to a halt. And that's never a good thing, uh, as sales velocity is probably your most important factor when it comes to ranking on Amazon. Uh, so it's best to avoid any potential inventory unavailabilities. Mm -hmm. Said so well. Um, you know, I, I love the perspective of, you know, me, I've always just been an Amazon PPC marketer. And I don't know if the people out there listening know this. You were, you know, you were previously uh, an Amazon store owner. So I love your perspective. Thanks so much for sharing there. Um, the next topic we wanted to touch on were numbers to look for. Um, this is something I think is worth mentioning you know, really what kind of numbers do we look for when you're completely brand new and you're completely launching a brand new product? You know, what's a number that I look to for pacing? And there's sort of three numbers that I look for. The one is I would love it if with a brand new product, we can get 28 clicks a day. I would love it if it had a 7% conversion rate. That means you're getting, you're getting a sale every 14 clicks. So you get two sales a day. And really... To measure the health of a brand new listing, I look for minimum click-through rate. And that minimum click-through rate in an auto campaign is generally 0.18% uh, click-through rate. If you have a click-through rate lower than that, that means either one or two things. 
people don't like the listing when they see it. So there might be some listing optimization that you might need to do. In addition, it might mean you're showing up for irrelevant searches or irrelevant impressions. Uh, that means you need to go in and you know, both sculpt your, your listing to make sure that it is relevant towards what you want, as well as add a whole bunch of negatives. Um, so those are just some general stats. I like, you know, for me, I like when people come to us and they ask questions. They already have 28 clicks a day, already have a 7% conversion rate, uh, with a click-through rate doing better than 0.18%. Um, those are pretty healthy mile markers in my book. Yeah, something else I'd, I'd recommend people do, uh, kind of during their product research phase, uh, when it comes to PPC, it's a really good idea to understand what your CPCs are going to be for uh, in your niche. So your average CPC cost per click, uh, understanding what that's going to be is really important because uh, you know, if you look at other listings in your niche and you assume the average conversion rate of 10%, uh, if you assume your conversion rate is going to be that 10%, that means you need 10 clicks for every single conversion. So if you find out your cost per click before uh, actually going through and you know uh, really investing in a new product, uh, that can sometimes give you some additional PPC information uh, to let you know how easy or how difficult PPC is going to be for you. So definitely pinpoint what your CPCs are in your niche and be prepared to kind of deal with those. That's right. So, you know, when you're looking at your Amazon stats and if your sort of conversion rate or, or, or detail page views that ends with a sale, you know, if those are going to be, if, if those are lower than 7%, um, you know, just know that when you turn on your paid ads, it's going to be even lower than that. And then if you could approximate your CPCs, just like Brett said, you can kind of almost predict how you will do in paid before you even turn your campaigns on. You know, you can look at your organic conversion rate and you could say, well, if my paid conversion rate is a little bit lower than that, and then I were to pay 50 cents per click or a dollar per click, um, how many sales would I get? How much would I spend? What would my A cost be? So you can do some you know, napkin math uh, to sort of help establish things like that. Uh, so those are some of the numbers I like to look for. Um, so now that we have sort of established sort of minimum number of views, inventory levels, and sort of some numbers to just think about, what's the first campaign that you turn on, Brett? Uh, so usually I will recommend starting off with an auto campaign. Uh, just a quick side note here. Auto campaigns work by actually looking at your listing, uh, the or, you know your actual organic listing, and seeing uh, what you're indexed for. That's how Amazon's going to understand what your product is, and that's how it's going to match it to potential customers. So if the uh, if you're, the front end of your listing is struggling or isn't put together very well, you can expect your auto campaign to do the same thing. It's important to make sure you have your highest traffic, most relevant keywords inside of your listing first. Uh, the things that get indexed are your title, your bullets, and your backend search terms. Uh, because that way, your auto campaign is going to know exactly what your listing is, and it's going to serve it to the right customers. Uh, with all of that being said now, uh, definitely start off with an auto campaign first. I suggest running that for two to three weeks, uh, usually two weeks. I prefer to do so aggressively. Um, I like to start off with a starting bid. Uh, it kind of depends on the niche. Uh, they do give you a suggested bid range uh, and a suggested bid. So maybe you can start with that. I personally like to just plug in uh, like $1.50 or so and then let the bid optimizer take care of it. Uh, but yeah, auto campaigns, definitely step one. Brett likes to juice it. Yeah. Uh, another strategy that um, 
you know, I like to think, so to, to, before I get to that, another thing that you mentioned, if your title bullet points backend keywords are all a little out of whack, as well as your product image and your title and your reviews and maybe your pricing, if your auto campaign click through rate is lower than 0.18, that's where this really comes into play. You know, if it is less than 0.18, that means there's probably a mismatch with either the product listing, the title, the reviews, the pricing, any of those things. Uh, and using that click through rate as a guideline will help you establish that. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind there. Um, starting bids, you covered starting budgets. Um, that all sounds good. You know, one thing, and I think there's like two approaches, uh, depends on the type of, you know, advertiser you are and the type of personality you have. You know, we often like to think that PPC is just numbers, uh, but a lot of our sort of our attitude comes into play. Uh, I don't know what this says about me, but a lot of times I like to start my campaigns maybe closer to 40 cents and then inch my way up ever so slightly, a little bit per day. Um, I don't know what that says about us, Barry. I think we need to go to uh, you know some uh, team badger counseling and, and try to find these uh, underlying <laughs> issues. Yeah. It, hey, maybe I just uh, I don't know. I I personally like the approach of just uh, kind of like going ham with it at first and then optimizing down. Um, that that's just how I I personally would launch. I think that there's. I think there's some good benefits in terms of like sales velocity with it. Uh, but again, I think that is also a better option for uh, sellers who have done launches before. Um, if you haven't done a launch and you're a beginner and you're uh, you know, going to be looking at your ad spend and freaking out uh, the, the next day if you have uh, you know, a couple hundred bucks spent overnight, then going with Mike's tactic is probably a better idea. Damn, dude. I can't tell you how many days I've uh, looked at my ad spend and freaked out. <laughs> Uh, also, with uh, starting budgets, Mike, um, I know you recorded a solo episode about uh, budgeting, but just real quick as like a general guideline for people starting off with campaigns, uh, you want to just give them like a quick rundown on what, what you suggest for budgeting? Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes I have these ideas for podcast episodes and it's like, uh, you know, Plato and Socrates, and I feel like I'm just like walking around pacing. Let me tell you about my thoughts on budgets. That was one of those episodes. If you want to go dig up that uh, budget episode, so adbadgercom slash podcasts, you want to go check that out. And really, you know, the the short version of that is a budget is typically not a fixed number. It's something that should be adaptive towards your business goals, towards your business priorities, towards your campaign performance, and all those good things. Um, for example, it typically it rarely makes sense to have a budget cap on a campaign that is doing well. You know, typically most companies want as much ad spend, as much revenue at a target KPI. So at a target sort of a cost is the way that typically works. Um, so in terms of a starting budget, I would say try to make your starting budget on a product at least big enough to give yourself about 30 clicks a day that way you can sort of roll in at least two sales a day. You know, if you have about a seven, six percent conversion rate, that's sort of what, what I like to pace for. You know, anything smaller than that, if it's just like a ten dollar a day budget, uh, maybe you know, fifteen dollar a day budget, it's gonna be pretty tight if you're not able to get at least, you know, twenty-eight, thirty so clicks a day. Um, so as long as your budget is that big and you, you, that's obviously in relation to your bids, the cheaper your bids are, the easier it is to get away with a lower budget. The more expensive your bids, the bigger budget you're going to need to get those 30 clicks. But um, yeah, in general, 
I like to not launch a campaign if it's going to be lower than $30 a day. That's my sort of minimum starting budget. Yep. I think, I think that's a great number. Um, and then uh, I do, guys, if you are beginner sellers um, and any of the stuff we've been talking about is confusing in terms of launching campaigns or, uh, or even if that part applies to you, if you know, your inventory's just landed, you're about ready to go, definitely check out podcast episode four. It's called The Advanced Basics of Amazon PPC. That will get you all caught up to speed and pretty much help you avoid any disasters that could come your way. Mm-hmm. And you know what? As a new advertiser to Amazon, as you go through some of these sort of starting steps and you look at these starting metrics, you know, starting with that auto campaign, really, you know, starting with the auto campaign, looking at your search terms, adding negatives of things that are irrelevant, um, that's a really nice sort of phase one beginner approach to Amazon. You know, you don't need to worry about product attribute targeting, you don't need to worry about a lot of the other settings. Get there, get comfortable with just that, and then you can you know, move on to sort of later stage beginner and sorry, start doing intermediate things. Yep, and you, uh, you have two podcast hosts who will continue to uh, throw good relevant info your way uh, that you can continue to implement, but getting to that first uh, sort of PPC foundation is really important for sure. Uh, and that kind of leads us into the next question, Mike, which is... Uh, you know, a lot of people start up their own PPC. Uh, for some of those people, it ends up doing well. Their business is scaling, their business is growing, uh, and they're getting to the point where there's too much going on. Uh, there's inventory management, there's customer support, there's off-channel marketing, uh, you know, there's uh, listing optimization, and then there's PPC, which has all these time-consuming tasks that nobody really likes to do. So... That's the question. How long should people actually manage, uh, manage their PPC themselves for? Uh, what do you think is realistic here? And what do you think is in the best interest of the company uh, in terms of when to outsource? How much time do you have? Um, you know, I think it's all a matter of sort of who the company is, um, at what stage of the game they're at. You know, uh, if someone is sort of classifies themselves as a solopreneur, then getting good at PPC, I think, is probably a requirement for them. You know, if you're not looking out, not looking to build a big team, if you're sort of bootstrapped, you're just sort of you want to keep your costs very low and invest everything and grow, grow your company that way. I think it's going to be really important for you to really understand not only Amazon advertising but Amazon marketing as a whole. Um, it's a lot, you know, it, it's it's complex, but I think it's a sort of a required skill when you're first getting started on a small, you know, on a solopreneur type path, got to learn it yourself. Um, I think that's, you know, key for people starting out on Amazon. On the, on the other side of things, um, I mean, we've seen everything across the spectrum. We've seen, you know, Amazon's the type of ecosystem, you know, where we've seen people do millions of dollars of sales every month as a solopreneur, we've seen you know companies that have teams of 40, 50 that do the exact same amount of revenue because um, they do a lot off of Amazon too. So we've seen it all. Um, so on the smallest end of the spectrum, that solopreneur who's just getting started, I would say definitely learn it yourself um, to start, get it going, get it to a point that you understand it, that you feel confident with it. Um, so that I would say there. And then for larger companies, uh, 
you know, having someone in house to manage it. Maybe they're using tools to manage it. Uh, probably makes sense. Uh, but even then, you're going to need someone in house who who knows how to do Amazon advertising and Amazon marketing. And that's a pretty hard skill to hire for, you know, Amazon advertising is pretty new. It might be difficult for you to find that person, um, you know, which is hopefully where AdBadger helps people level up their Amazon advertising skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think people who are managing it themselves, uh, if you get to the point where you like launch a new product and your inventory's landed, you have a couple of reviews and you're ready to start up PPC, but you just don't have time to start those ads and you're pushing it off a few days, a uh, few weeks, a few months, just, you know, I'll get to that PPC stuff. Uh, that is definitely having a much bigger impact in your business than you imagine probably, if that's you. Um, so definitely don't get to that point. Uh, but until then, I think Mike's right. I, I think you can probably just hang on, learn it yourself, um, and do your best until you get to the point where you just can't handle it yourself anymore. And I, I think that'll be apparent when you get to that point. Right. There's, there, there'll be a switch for that sort of solopreneur where it becomes actually, it switches from an asset to a liability, right? Like when you're first getting started, it's a great asset for you to learn this and understand this because you can do it for essentially free and you're developing an asset for the business where you're learning it. However, if you get to a point where that switches and it becomes a liability, like you don't have the time to do it right, you don't have the time to launch new products, you don't have the time to respond to you know, customer service or respond to reviews or it make iterative improvements on your product and you're getting to that point, um, then yeah, you know, that, then it makes time to look for places out of house or potentially in-house to you know, help save you time because that will in turn help you generate more revenue. Yeah, and for the bigger companies too, I think uh, it, I think it is tricky to to try to hire somebody who's uh, an actual expert at Amazon PPC and is going to do a good job in the account. Uh, especially if you can just go ahead and you know hire it out for less than a full time employee would cost um, to a different agency or something like that. So I think there are a lot uh, lots of options, but definitely consider this, guys. If you feel stressed about PPC or you just are struggling to fit it in or find the time or the results just aren't there. Uh, it, that's definitely something you should consider. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And, you know, at, and then at that point, you know, let's say you're switching over. And if we were to sort of go through all these life cycles from the smallest end solopreneur, who's just getting started, start getting a little bit bigger. Maybe they have, you know, uh, a couple employees or a couple contractors that they work with, you know, then we start to get some options. You have sort of software, you have sort of managed services, you sort of are, could potentially train someone in-house to do it. Um, you, will you need a full-time paid traffic manager? Probably not until later. Um, so, yeah, so let's break you know some of those things down. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, in terms of the, the actual task. If you're a solopreneur and you're running into trouble finishing uh, just tedious tasks, so things like uh, negative keyword optimization, bid optimization, uh, even things like keyword graduation, uh, you know, using softwares can certainly help uh, cut down on that. 
but they're not the best option if you don't want to deal with PPC at all and you want to fully outsource. So there's benefits to using automation software. There's benefits to uh, managed services. So what are the main things that you look for when differentiating uh, basically a, a an Amazon business's needs when it comes to PPC? That's right. You know, I mean, we see this sometimes where if you're going to use a PPC tool like AdBadger, you know, you still need to, you know, press the buttons on the machine, so to speak. Um, so it's not like, you know, you can completely forget about PPC. I mean, it'll definitely do a lot of the heavy lifting for you so that it will reduce how much time you need to spend. You know, for example, if you use a tool like AdBadger that says, hey, everything with over 25 clicks without a sale automatically turn into a negative keyword. I mean, that's time saving and that's money savings right there. Uh, and that's pretty powerful stuff. And then, of course, as our you know, software continues to mature, again, I don't want this podcast to be a commercial, but the point is, you know, s- software can help you do a large amount of work. You, know, you could potentially, if you're spending maybe 15 hours a month on managing your campaigns, when, you know, you, you're probably spending that much time when you're probably spending, you know, probably at least $2,000 a month you know, you should be spending at least 10, 15 hours a month monitoring that ad spend. And then at that point, you use the tool. Now, all of a sudden, you get, you know, three quarters of that time back, which then it allows you not only to have better campaign results, but then it also allows you to go and do other things for your business that will benefit your business as a whole. So if you're able to to get that time back and take better product photography, that can have a huge network effect that will just continue to compound. So that's where software can definitely come into play. That's how you build that. And I think I think the best way to go about this is probably um, just look at the economics. Look at the math. If you're spending more time managing something. Um, that just isn't worth your time. If you're, your time per hour, if you're an Amazon business owner, is probably higher than the average person's. Um, so if you're spending a lot of your time uh, on you know, tedious PPC stuff that could just be automated, uh, then you know, that's probably kind of you know, putting a ceiling on your business in a way uh, because you're not really opening up enough of your time to do more scalable activities. So uh, it can certainly make sense. Uh, like you can literally save money with it and see the money saving results. Uh, but you also save time and open up a lot of time to, you know, deal with uh, new product launches or, you know, maybe just product research in general, which is super important. So I think that extra added time is actually the most important benefit when it comes to outsourcing, whether that's managed services or software. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, you know, another thing that a lot of people consider is working with agencies or working with professionals or anything like that. I do think there's a point where an account gets large enough that it becomes value positive or sort of there's a net ROI on it. So, you know, as we do on this podcast, sometimes uh, feel free to take a, a pen and paper or a spreadsheet to follow along. But basically, let's say you're spending $5,000 a month and your current A cost is 40%. That means you're spending 5,000, you're generating $12,500. Uh, let's say all of your, your cost of goods and your Amazon fees and all these other things are you know, 50% of that revenue. So you know when you take your ad spend, 5,000, and then your, all your costs and associated fees with selling uh, 6,000 or so, you know, you have 11,000 costs to generate $12,000 of revenue, right? Pretty tight. Um, so if you 
are going to be thinking about working with an agency or something like that, you would have to know how much do they have to either improve my ACoS and or scale my campaigns and then throw in their fee on top of it to all make it work. So if you are spending 5000 at 40% ACoS, but they're able to say, hey, we think there's opportunity just to scale at um, – you know, to 7500 a month in ad spend at a 30% ACoS or whatever the combination would be, and then you throw in their fee too, and let's say their fee is, you know, who knows, 1000 1500 bucks a month. That could potentially take you from 1200 in profit to 3500 in profit or, you know, something like that. So making sure that you sit there with a spreadsheet um, with sort of saying, this is where I'm at right now, if I were to either scale my account, meaning more ad spend, or improve the efficiency of it, you know, get a better ACoS, in what direction, what sort of metrics do I need to look for? How much more profit would that generate for my company? And then how much could I, do I want to spend to get that profit? So those are some of the considerations that you'd look for when, you know, sort of doing anything. Um, and then, of course, this is, doesn't even factor into the time that you either are spending doing it yourself or the opportunity cost if you're not managing your campaigns. Um, so, yeah, it's just some interesting sort of things to think about there. Yep. I think, uh, you know, that's a major, major decision for, for any business to really make. I, I think, you know, if you're talking about managed services and kind of outsourcing everything, cause you are giving up a certain level of control uh, and, you know, it does require a good level of trust in the company you're using. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of, uh, software, I think if you get to the point where you have a headache at all with PPC, um, that software is probably inexpensive enough to, to be worth it. Um, and so, you know, I, I would definitely suggest checking those out, guys, if you haven't, uh, if you've gotten to the point where, uh, you know, it's a bit of a headache. Again, we, we never want this podcast to, to be a promo for AdBadger, but uh, we genuinely do think that your PPC would be better off, um, you know, if you utilize some tools that are available out there that do a good job at things. And that is our Amazon advertising sort of you know, roadmap. Um, I hope this episode was helpful for you to sort of get your bearings if you're just starting out on Amazon advertising. You know, we talked about what to do if you are just a solo person launching your very first product, what to think about how to orient yourself the first campaign to launch, and we also touched on sort of some later stage companies too. Uh, we hope you found this valuable. Brett, I hope you spent plenty of time driving around those beautiful Texas highways, staring at some blue bonnets, maybe toss a few uh, wildflower seeds. Actually, don't. That's, that, that might be like some kind of ecological uh, hazard. <laughs> I'll do my best. Uh, if anything, I'll, I'll go and pick those ones that don't belong and uh, hand them to my wife and I'll be, in, I'll be in good shape for the weekend. Damn, optimizing campaigns, optimizing marriages. What else can't we do? Thanks so much, everybody. We will see you same place, same time. Next time, adbadger.com slash podcasts. See you, everyone.